You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. We're doing it. Oh, here we are. Uh, yeah, Mark's we doing it. Uh, back to that. Like, surprise. You know, it just it works a lot better. I don't have to like wrangle you guys all together. I just no, start recording. There's no, there's no pointing. It's there's all... no pointing anymore. Yeah. You guys don't need to be pointed at. You're yeah. just gone. Look, look for the this gold like, to come out. This is like the incense of openings. Wait, what? This is the the incense of openings. It's just all, it's all vibes. Incense of openings. It's just all it's all vibe. I'm There's no real substance. Are we like oh, a, you are. Are we talking essential yeah, oils here? Maybe. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, whatever floats your boat, buddy. As everything just because we'll get to this later, but our record today is is of the mid '60s. So are all of our like references going to? I guess we're yeah we're all coming back to that. But I'm totally going to bring up Strawberry Alarm Clock at some point, which is one um, of the best band names ever. But let's mm-hmm. save that for later. I, I, for you know, for now, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. And this is somebody likes it. Hey, so this is interesting. Um, hardest working man in show business, Chuck Berry. Guy Still just, working. Guy just put out a single and he's dead. <laughs> it, it, that is that's hard. That's work. impressive. It is hard. Did, did Chuck Berry inherit that mantle after James, James Brown. Brown died? Yeah. Like who who would it be now? Now that like say if Chuck Berry were the, I mean you're saying that as a joke, but I'm saying like I don't know Justin Timberlake maybe. Yeah, that right. guy does a lot. Sure, I'll buy that. Yeah, sure. All right. Anyway, so you were saying, Kevin. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, so obviously, uh, good. You know, Johnny B. Good passed away uh, a few months ago. My Dingling. Yes, uh, and many other tracks. But anyway, passed away, and his his family uh, has known that he has a new record coming out called Chuck. The first single has been released called Big Boys. It's got a video. It's Chuck, like Chuck. It's yeah. all capital letters. It is. It is all. It's true. It's yelling at you. Yeah. Anyway, so I haven't heard it. I just knew that. I just saw that it was out as of today, and I was like, "Oh, that's this is probably the last time we're going to be able to talk well, about." Well, it. I'm reading some of this. Apparently, it starts off with the, the lick that opens "Johnny Be Good," so we've all heard. And um, oh, so just imagine it. I was in the and there's and there's a yeah I know just a, I think we all I think that's put into everyone's head right away. <laughs> Say it to everybody. And there, a here's a sample lyric: "I was looking for joy, but I'm a little bitty boy." This is ninety year old man, but he was into weird shit. So, no pun intended. He was an eccentric cat, uh, but I think the world was better off for him. So sure, you know, yeah, I'm good not, on him. I'm not saying. Not good on his estate for you know. Good on his in. estate is a yeah. beginning to a sentence we won't hear very often. But yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, it looks like ten tracks. So somewhere, I, I find it interesting that Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine fame is a as a collaborator on his last his record. Chuck Gar- Gary Clark Jr. That's a little Lost less tonight. weird than Tom Morello. Oh sure. And yeah. then Nathaniel Rateliff. Who's that? Oh, that's the, oh, guy. It's the Harry Potter guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we we covered him on the show. Uh, yeah, a little son while of back. a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh, he's on Stax Records. You you remember like the totally video took place remember. in a prison? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, 
All right. We're Good here for, to talk about something else. Good for you, Chuck. Yeah, Ryan, what you got for us this week? The Yardbirds, which, man, this is a fucking confusing record for a lot of different reasons. It is a confusing yeah, is. record. First of all, what's it called? Right. True. Yes. The, Yardbirds. So the, the official name of the yeah. re- album is The, the Yardbirds, 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 but it was popularly known as... Roger the Engineer or Over Under Sideways Down. That's the, right. That was the U.S. release. Right. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but everybody still... I guess calls it Roger the Engineer. Uh, I guess it was. I, I think that's I guess like, it's like bandied about by fans. Well, no, no, no. It that's, says, that's the title that's actually printed on the illustration on the cover. Right, but I, I guess now, and literally, there was a Roger who engineered the record, as I re- as I recall it. But I guess that over the course of several years, it's semi-officially known as Roger the Engineer now, not yeah, well, not the Yardbirds. I don't know. That's not the only reason it's confusing, though. It's kind of confused. With the, well, we'll talk about the Yardbirds in general, but uh, why? Because it goes from like, goes from like psychedelic music to like pop songs, then to like just blues and. Well, yeah, they're like uh, like Chicago blues, paint by numbers, boring ass shit. Boring, on boring, boring, boring. And boring. then like fucking amazing songs interspersed throughout, and then just for no good reason, like a um, there's like a African rockabilly song. No, there's and there's like African chants, like <laughs> in one some song. Of that. Yeah, it's they can't decide who they want to be. Well, I think that might maybe did that go a long ways toward them not really they're being like one of the lesser remembered of the powerhouse bands of that period of time. Uh, could be. I mean, because like, if you took away all the fucking boring ass blues shit, God, and, it's so boring. Jeff's boogie. That's the one. That's the rock about that's Rick, right, I know, but I'm right just there saying in the like, middle that was, of it. like for like, and it sounds like nothing else on the record. There's a bunch of boring blues shit. It sounds just like BB King. They sound like, just like any other blues and E song. I'll tell you what yeah. they sound. They sound like, they sound like, um, a, just a random ass act that you'd hear on Beale Street in Memphis, walking, which is their version of Sixth Street, or like, or frankly, like any average, like not trying that hard Sixth Street bar, like for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, fair enough. I mean, and there's a market for that, but it, like, I don't want to listen to it. Well, I think yeah. that, I mean, you could get away with businessmen, especially at that time, um, especially in England, like blues was such a novelty that, you know, nobody was doing it like, you know, within like 15, 20 years, you were well, going like, to have to do something a lot more interesting than that. And like, like 10, 12 years later, you know, it's the same thing could be said about, re- about reggae. It's like, they just glommed onto like one little thing that was novel to them and, you know, it became like the newest sensation Right, and reggae in general is also pretty boring music. Uh, again, I concur. there are caveats with both genres, blues and reggae, but in general, I would say they're both incredibly repetitive, not super melodic, kind of just doing the same shit. Pretty boring. There's some older, older uh, Delta blues that I can really get behind, but um, for the most part, I'm that talking shit Chicago is boring. Blues fine. Yeah, yeah, Chicago blues is some boring shit. Um, however, like half this record. If the whole thing had sounded like half this record, it would have been fucking genius level work. Yeah, it starts out super strong, and then the first couple songs are great, and then it kind of stumbles maybe on the with the first weird titled the Nazar the Na- Blue. Yeah, that's that's, that's where just wrote. Uh, I wish that you guys shit. could see like Ryan's face just all went blank, and he just like shrugged his shoulders with complete apathy. Well, it's, it's fucking annoying because. Like, I really love half this record, and the other parts of it I want to punch in the face. 
I didn't love it quite as much. I get what you're saying. I mean, there's definitely there's some good songs, great songs on here, um, but I, you know, still not as good as some of their contemporaries at the time. Well, I, I think parts of it. Wait, um, that, that was a, that was some redundant ass shit that I just said. That that's still not as good as their contemporaries at the time. Yeah, contemporaries at the time. Yeah, yeah that's uh, good. But that's, no, I, I think I some. I think some of this can hang in with. Pet Sounds and Sgt. Pepper. Oh God, it's not that good. I'm, th- I'm really? talking. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. Some of it, I, I I'm think, thinking like slightly better than the Who. If kind of. If Sergeant, if Pet Sounds and Sgt. Pepper decided to have it over, it would have to go home at some point. Like it could be like it could <laughs> well, be. A guess. That, is, that is a strong, <laughs> incorrect <laughs> statement. <laughs> it's marred by a bunch of the shittier no, stuff. No, even here. the great songs of this album are still nowhere near as. Is forward thinking and and I mean like if you want to get into some second tier British uh, invasion bands that were still great the Hollies um, was still nothing that these guys did were anywhere near as good as as Bus Stop but I'm saying like like those kind of British invasion bands you know Hermits Hermits and the Animals and shit like that like these guys definitely have some stuff that rank up you don't with think the these strong... guys could hang with Hermits Hermits. I said that's what I'm saying. In that second wave, there's some stuff that would be at the top of the list of those songs. That, but they don't come anywhere near close to the Beatles and or you know no. even the Rolling Stones. Well, it's marred by a bunch of like, sure it is but shitty songs on here uh, as you're, well. You're talking about it as a collective document. It, like it's almost like sometimes it's almost just like dealing with. A skip record with you. We got that. I'm saying that even the best songs on this record, in my opinion, taken individually, regardless of anything surrounding them, are not anywhere near as good or forward-thinking or inventive or as well-composed as anything the Beatles ever did. Like, So I've got an idea. What? Why don't we play one? Yeah, it's a good idea. I'd like to hear Over Under Sideways Down. be one of the songs that I think is absolutely fantastic. It's great. It's a brilliant song. There's a lot of great songs. I agree with you on the overall sentiment that it's a it could have been a great album that was marred by some complete inconsistencies. As far as like you're in a lot of ways you're just like you're into the record and all of a sudden it's like you're like what the what? This is my favorite part of this record. That's that's Ryan and I's new band, by the way. Twangy. We're like mouth twang. Completing like we're like competing like blues leads. No, there's some really progressive sounding shit on here, and then it's just like they just decided to like fuck it. Well, I mean, but look, if you look at their history, which, by the way, like, hands down, like, where they win over everybody else is their fucking history. Like, it's just crazy in and of itself. Even if you discount the fact that 
that at one point they had Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, Clapton and Jeff Beck, Beck um, most of them at different times. And a bunch of guys you've never heard of. A, yeah. They're probably pissed. But they were still inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, how could they not be? Like with with Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, and and Eric I don't think Clapton. all three were in the band at the same time. No, no, no. The only, no, they weren't. The only time well, that well, Jimmy Page played bass for him for a little while right. when Jeff On Beck this was record. playing guitar. He did. Well, he came in after, it looks like um, Paul Samuel Smith, the household name, bassist Paul Samuel Smith, quit before the album was even released. So he may have laid down the tracks, but Jimmy Page was brought in as his replacement. Yeah, and then somebody else quit, so he got bumped up to guitar, which is weird that like you're really well, underutilizing Jimmy Page if you have him on bass. Well, so Mark, Mark has the, um, you know, the how, how on Wikipedia they show like, you know personnel and their time in the band, and so this is the, the yard box of. Fox. That's what I was. That's what I was going to say. It's Yardbirds, New Yardbirds, Led Zeppelin, uh, which we all know of, and then Box of Frogs. Well, and, was, and New New Yardbirds is the precursor to Led Zeppelin. That's the band that yeah. Jimmy Page formed after. After and that's really, like, I mean, that's a lazy Page. fucking way to name your band. Jimmy man. Page <laughs> and the New Yardbirds well, is really the Yardbirds. only connection to Led Zeppelin. But but that's that mm-hmm. smacks the, calling it the New Yardbirds. That smacks of like uh, some. Kind of like small label at the time, like trying to cash off that. Maybe you're just trying to piss off other people. Hey, uh, you, we've talked about this before, I believe, but it's worth saying again. This is like the ultimate example of like promoters or labels doing that shit in the '60s, where the zombies of um, sun, um, what is um, the zombies put out a couple? They had a couple of hits, and uh, and their their last record, which ended up having the big hit. It's like the um, this is the time of the season of loving. Um, they were not a band anymore, but they were booked for all these dates in the States. So there were promoters here. There were two competing promoters here that created their own fake members of the – and they – like, to, like I, think, I think Frankie Goes to Hollywood had a situation like that possibly, going on too. Yeah. Anyway, um, but that's, that, that's a good example of in the 60s. Like that was – it was the fucking Wild West and, and a lot more naive. Like that's why – the new Yardbirds with only one member of the original Yardbird or not even the original, like the last iteration. I don't know. Yeah, it's wild. Um, well, I think we're going to do four songs tonight. Is that right? Um, you want to get into a little bit of uh, Hot House of – I don't even know how to say that. Not gonna not gonna oh, work not here anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, well, not gonna work here anymore. Well, okay, so, <laughs> so anyway. yeah. Well, I okay. So I do want to play this song. I, what I'm thinking is that we give the listeners out there a couple of the the two of the of the better pop songs, and then we'll then we'll show them a little more. If you want to do like ten seconds of one of the boring ones, that's fine. No, 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 no. I'm not saying let's do one of the boring ones. I'm saying let's put up two of the two of the better pop pop ones and then we'll do the hot <laughs> hot house of I can't make your ways uh I, I'm a big fan of that one. Oh my god. It, sounds, it I, sounds like Ringo though. I think the um, first song I don't care. They're all whatever you whatever you pick. I whatever you want to do, Ryan. Okay. Let's do I can't make your uh I can't make your way. Uh, for now, then we'll get into a little bit of Hot House later. Okay. I can't make your way Silly men, they all get worried Live their lives so worthlessly Troubled, bothered, flustered, hurried they should take a look at me Tag 
So that the entire record was recorded during the summer of 1966, and a lot of the things that I read on it seemed to indicate that there was sort of just something in the air in general with a lot of the bands and uh, certainly the bands in England in that time. But um, I think when you look at the timeline of this this band, like probably part of the reason why, aside from like the three headed monster of guitarists, like part of the reason that I think that that there remains such an interest. Uh, is just that they they burned reasonably bright, not as bright as you know, obviously the Beatles and the Stones and some of the the other acts that were leading the way during that time. But then they flamed out. Like so, this was recorded in summer '66. By October, Jeff Beck was out of the band entirely, and apparently his working relationship with the other guys was pretty fussy from the start. And so Jimmy Page, who was already brought on by that time led them through a few more sessions, and apparently those were collected into a U.S.-only release called Little Games in 1967, and then they broke up in 1968. So, I mean, like, you know, everybody, you yeah, know, burned, keep, an, keep an eye burned, on your watch. Burns really brightly, really quickly, and then flamed out. Yeah. They had oh. some hits in there, too, Which, but the thing is, is you don't ever hear them. I mean, you hear more about, I mean, they, they, you know... I was surprised I didn't hear more. I listened to a lot of classic rock radio when I was like a teenager. Yeah, I did too, and I, I can't ever remember. I, I ever heard any of these songs before. Song. Whereas, you know, like I'm very familiar with what I was, you know, other British invasion, but, you know, like Animals, House of Rising Sun, and, you know, all that bus stop. Strawberry and, Alarm Clock. Strawberry Alarm Clock. Why were you. Incense <laughs> and Peppermints. Incense uh, and Peppermints. Like, so, yeah, some, like elements of this record reminded me of Strawberry Alarm Clock and the Lemon Pipers. The uh, Lemon Pipers? My Green Tambourine. Uh, you know that song. I'd, not off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I know it. It's, it's a great but that, song. But, but, but it, that, that, that sure as shit is a very... It's that early psychedelia era. That yeah, any, just, any, that's just my sweet spot, man. Any sort of like... Really? Bass. Go ahead, Shane. No, I don't think it's his. I don't think it's his only. It hits him in his sweet spot. Yeah, it. it, Yeah, it hits me where I live. You know what I want to remember? He also likes some of that uh, Will Smith solo stuff. Well, I was like, I was like, that's true. Is that like AM Gold? Well, also uh, AM Gold. Also, I like I like Will Smith solo material. Yeah. You know what I really like? Obscure bands like like writing songs about really cliched hippie incense or tambourines or fringe jackets or I can't help it, man. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if that's the only thing you liked, if that were your only, oh, that would be my, like my own, ni- yeah. yeah, my own little niche. But, like, like <laughs> it's just like really cliched stuff from like 1967. I'll bet that guy somewhere. You know? All of this just sounds yeah, like... because he was like 15 at the time. Yeah, well, he has, like, I, do, I do have this theory house. that every band you've ever heard of, that's somebody's favorite band. So there's somebody out there with like a basement filled with like Lemon Piper's memorabilia. My green yeah. tambourine. I think I think it kind of sounds. I don't know who. Knows. All of this record sent to me. All this record sounds like what would be playing in the background on the yeah from throw <laughs> the scenes that got cut out of Platoon, <laughs> like <laughs> the movie. Just, yeah, no, the book. 
Well, I didn't know if you meant a platoon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the book he went a wall. My, my favorite book, a platoon. <laughs> anyway, it's weird. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I again, like, I, not to not to belabor this point, but it is rather interesting, and you can see that there's a reason why because there's a direct line between apparently what they were in the beginning and what they became. Which is they were a straight up blues band, and that's why Clapton left because he, you know, he's a he's a purist. Well, he, he's a blues guy. He's um, a blues guy, and if you he look, was at, probably frustrated I, I by the psychedelic this, stuff. This is one thing I'll say about Eric Apparently Clapton: if you look at his incredibly long illustrious career, all of his incredible, uh, the incredible amount of hits that he's made, they're all blues songs. You know, so like I ne- I never understood the. Eric I was Clapton. I'm making a joke. I mean, the yeah. guy compromised even more than these guys did. You know, like "Wonderful Tonight" or "I Shot the Sheriff" because that's a very very bluesy song. But I guess bringing it back to the reggae, "I Shot the Sheriff." Yeah, that was reggae. I'm yeah. I follow. I'm Shay. saying he, I'm with you. he quit the band because he, he they they were they were selling out, and he only wanted to go in a straight blues direction, and then he never like. Well, and really went in a straight blues direction. To understand, like, and obviously, like, none of us in this room are old, are old enough to have been alive during that time. But the, um, but part of the zeitgeist of that whole era was that, like, and I don't think you can really separate that from what the Yardbirds were or became, like, in the, you know, even in their short time period. Like, um, there was a there was a blues boom that went on in the UK, and and the the Clapton version of that band was a big or was a part of that blues boom. And so I think as the psychedelia started to work, work its way into the common you know, vernacular in 66, 67 and whatnot, it, it actually like whether or not they did it intentionally, it doesn't sound like maybe, it, maybe you can make the argument that it happened intentionally and that Clapton was like, okay, this is not straight blues anymore. I don't, I don't want to be here. Well, it, yeah. I mean, like, he, he kind of went on a record at the time saying like, you know, that it's not, I mean, like maybe there's a natural progression of what their, what their songwriting is becoming. Like maybe they're growing up and listening to this stuff. They're just writing different songs. I feel like yeah. listening to this record, you can hear the arguments in between the tracks. Oh, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, think, and like, because they don't sound like the same band from track to track. They're just, just like, huh? And you know that people are going like, no, I want, I want to do this. No, I want to do that. And <laughs> I hope that's what. That's, that's exactly you just, how it you went just down. put me right in that. <laughs> no, moment. sir. I will remind the kind gentleman. Mark's using parliamentary procedure for his his version. Yeah, at some point somebody hit somebody else with a cane. Hey, yeah, um, there's a wig involved. <laughs> yeah, can Good. I? I just want to say this real quick, just because before I before I lose sight of it, I just I heard this is tangentially related to this album, only because Eric Clapton was once in this band. But I heard probably Eric Clapton's best song ever hit. And it's mostly because there's lots of saxophones in it, but um, it, oh, I, I sense some irony coming up. It was the uh, it was the I just heard it yesterday. It was the um, I believe it's a song when the credits are rolling on the color of money. It's like just just the way that you lose. Anyway, whatever. Oh yeah, it's uh, there are a couple of Eric Clapton songs that I like. Sure, there's um, a few that are good. That's not particularly was one. It of Lay them. down, Sally. That's a good song. Sure, sure it is. Yeah. 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 Anyway, my point is not that not all that blues based at the end of the day. Okay, so are we, do we want to listen to the? Um, 
Yeah, the the weirdo track. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so so so. I do want to preface it with this. So there's a lot of these like just just British invasion pop songs, and then there's these you know blues songs, and then there's this. What Hawk is it? House of? Not gonna work here anymore. Really. Omagerishi, Ermagerd, Omagerishi. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, just some like kind of little interstitial well, stuff. You know, I think it's it's a fucking little more interstitial, but but you know what? You know what? I I really now that you said that, you're right. Like now, I can hear the arguments in getting this album made. Like why they why they they were not all on the same page. No, that is and, that and, is and, and very I don't mean true. Page as Jimmy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you are your brother's brother. Pun it's points. Zinger. All right, kids. Kapadas of Omagerashid. <laughs> Guys, think that there was marijuana involved in the perhaps writing and there recording? There may have been some recreational pharmaceuticals involved I can in the making al- of this record. I almost have synesthesia where I can hear the smell of marijuana coming out of the of the speakers. Could you also smell purple? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. It kind of made me feel that took me to a place. I'm sure that you know. I was thinking too. Like, I just fucking love it, man. Hot. <laughs> I, I don't dislike it, but Hot House of Oh my Garashid, I'm sure that there's like there's one Yardbirds super fan that's listening to this show. He's like, nope, no, no. That's that not, not how you, how you, it. How you pronounce it. That's <laughs> not how you pronounce it. That's entirely possible. Well, but, uh, send your emails to <laughs> message somebody at gmail dot com. As much as I love that song, it's amazing. I don't smoke weed. Like I don't know. It's pretty funny, man. I, I mean, I kind of like have this in the back of my head that some of them are just cracking up while they're recording it. What's but the instrumentation on that? Like that, whatever that, that that noise is. What is yeah, that? It sounds like the Brazilian percussion, but where you go over the. But I don't know. Who you knows? usually know the weirdo instruments, and I haven't got a clue. Well, percussion. There's all kinds of different. Oh, can we just say this real quick? Um, the album cover of is fucking awesome. On this album, like oh uh, yeah, that's the a, album that's a art. Which one? Because no, there's the, a bunch of them. No, the one with the, original the, the release, drawing, yeah. the Roger the, the engineer drawing, draw, drawing, drawing. That yes. one, it's really good. The XX did a cover of this song. I can't, I can't even yeah. sort of begin to imagine what that might sound like. Look, I like I the, know, I like the disclaimer. Yes. No proper lyrics. Yeah, Hot House of Oma Garishid has no proper lyrics. The words spoken at the beginning are unknown. Yeah. So. Th- thanks for nothing, lyric site. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, and and it's it's a little one-off novelty song, sure. But name me one other thing that sounds like that song. I, I never said there was. I was hoping you were just going to say name me one other thing. Because I, mean, I can, name, I can, I can name you a thousand songs that sound like <laughs> half this record. Yeah. That is true. That that's that. If if there's anything, even so. given how good some of these songs are you couldn't there's nothing that really distinguishes them you know like there's nothing that really like sets them apart from like say if you combine the who and the kinks you know and there's a 
song or two that sounds a little bit like The Who. It's like I know, that's no, what I'm saying. I, I get I got decide who you want to be, that's, that's dude. That's what I'm saying. I said if you yeah. took The Who and The Kinks, like yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's that's that is fairly apt. That's what that's what I'm thinking. All right, you want to go to the middle? Let's play. Hey, that should be our new uh, intermission. I'm happy with the version. one we've got. Gotta go you, to the middle. Read? We're gonna play a new song. Good God. All right, can Mark? Can you save that so I remember? Because I won't remember it right now. Whenever I have a flash of genius, it, it often like wipes my memory a little bit. Or so. Or when that happens, this just means it's time <laughs> to smoke. <laughs> time to get a smoke. All right, let's do it. I'll tell you this. One of the th- things that ha- like that make you feel comfortable with, the, that make, let you know that the sun is in fact going to come up tomorrow, like in a tumultuous world, is when Ryan shows back up in the recording room with some jerky. Love me some jerky, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Wow. That's that's why you know, just the sun will come out anyway. So, all right. So this week we're going to watch the video for Santi Gold's "I Can't Get Enough of Myself," which is a video that for. A, for a little while there was going to be on my um, a current affair list, and then oh, it, it aged out. And it aged out, and I because I kept forgetting about it, and I almost did it. I was like, "Well, it's only like a year and a half old, not like seven and a half years." I'm never going to live that down. Apparently, uh, it's fine. It was new to me then. There's something to be said for something that's new to you. You know, yeah. like say for example, if you're like a 13 year old boy and you hear you know Sergeant Pepper's for the first time. If it's new what? to you, if it's yeah. new to you, like it's it not might, new. As well, might as well be new. But, but the point is, it's not new. Yeah. Anyway, all right, Mark, let's go watch that video. I can't get enough of my satire like that commentary like that in first person because without the video you're not really going to know well it's an ironic song about vanity i know and, and, uh, she's, and there are points in that video where there are like four of her right like, on but the that, again it's the, it go but it's 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 like pushing 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 the whole that's why i think it's pretty funny like it's an ironic song about vanity and then you have like her like pushing the vanity aspect like over in the video but Re- then, reminding me a little bit of uh and stay with me here uh, naked eyes always something there to remind me in that it used newspaper headlines, but it used it in a more correct way this time. Yes, um, it was in a more correct way. And can can we say like, um, 
very very appropriate message for what's going on right now in the world in a lot of ways, but can't get enough of myself. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the song's good too. It's like, a good like pop song. Yeah, it's just a, just, a, just a pop song. But I, I think the but the, there's a lot more in the in the video. It, it hits you a little bit in the head with what her message is, but it waits a while before it starts doing it. And I it was about halfway through that I was like, okay, yeah, I can really get behind this. But it kind of waits until halfway through before it starts letting you know, letting you in on the fact that she's she's talking about like us just as a culture, you know, like rather than I don't know dick about this woman, by the way. I feel like Santa Gold is one of these is one of these acts that's like I never think I never think of this act, but it's like when I hear them, like that sound is pretty distinct, and I and I was like, oh. Yeah, I I like this just fine. I like, I'm I'm exactly the same way. I never think about her, and every time I hear her music, I like it quite a bit. Well, she changed her name at one point, and I can't remember why. It was Santa Gold, um, because I believe that's I don't know the whole. I can't remember the whole story, but she changed her name from Santa Gold to Santi Gold, and there's like a there's a reason why. Maybe it's like a to avoid being a uh, lawsuit confused or, with uh, Santa Claus. No, no. Yes. He's like, no. <laughs> she Santa, up on the oh, it was Santo Gold. I'm sorry. There's Sant with, the, with an O. I don't think. Hey, by the way, like, so there was a woman that worked at a convenience store by my house for a long time, and um, her name was Santa. Um, you know, as, and she was, you know, Hispanic, and as many people are named after, you know, Sunday or Jesus or Saint or whatever. But, you know, I saw so many people, so many, Santa, you mean like Santa, Santa Claus? Is your name Santa I Claus? Lit- no, I literally, I've seen that I worked so much. With, I worked with a girl named Santa also. Um, but did people ask her all the time? You, well, her, her actual full name was Santa Christina, but she went by Santa. Yeah, this, um, this woman went by Santa, and um, I saw many, many times. also used to um, frequent a gas station that was uh, the, uh, the cashier there. Was a drag queen named Ricky with a Q and oh, an exclama- yeah. exclamation point. That was, that was the that drag. He was we and know, wasn't trying very hard. Wasn't trying very hard. Like just like was, five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Now Ricky um, was only about. He was yeah. He was he was she, working on she, it. Let's, she. Let's yeah, be fair. Sorry. She, she yeah. She was working on it, but uh, not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that song's good. It's a good. It's just a good. It's a, that, it's, a good it, little pop it's confection. Good, it's, it's a good little earwormy thing too, and it's one of those things like you don't hear. You don't. It's one of the. It'll, it'll, you'll hear it like two or three times, and all of a sudden, little other other hooks that are in it come out. You know, stuff like that that you're not paying attention to right at first. But anyway, I think that it's. I think it's a fun video, and um, that was a fun video, Shane. Thank you for bringing it to us. You are very welcome. Okay, now we go back and do listen to. The Yabbas! Shane, you're looking at me like I have something to say. I don't know. None of us really said any of us were going to say anything. Even when Mark gives us a countdown, we're still not fucking ready for it. I guess. So, so one thing that I thought was kind of interesting about this album and, and talking about again we're talking about Roger the Engineer the Yardbirds release aka uh, from 1966 aka the Yardbirds aka aka over under sideways, sideways down, down. yeah inside outside isn't that another song from leave like, me alone yeah anyway that given when this record came out there are there's there are a handful of reviews about it and and um and opinions vary 
But I'm taking a little snippet now out of the BBC review on this because it's they take an angle that we haven't really talked about, which is we've talked about the shift from the sort of blues-centric era of of when Clapton was playing guitar to a little bit more of the psychedelic thing that came around in conjunction with what the Yardbirds are doing with um, with Jeff Beck taking uh, Clapton's place. But the BBC article on this record maintains that management couldn't decide whether the band would be an out-and-out pop combo or retain their earlier what they refer to as R&B credibility that had made Five Live Yardbirds such a hit during the blues boom. So I guess my question is, or my... Yeah, maybe it's kind of rhetorical. Is do we think that do we think that it's the impression that I get that it is even if this was a management kerfuffle, right? That ended up making a lot of the situation pretty confusing. I really feel like it. What's bubbling up to me is like it's just a bunch of strong personalities in the room. Like that's fair. And um, as I recall, like researching this record, like people would quit in the middle of a tour, and they yeah. Have, and they'd have to like you know replace them immediately, right? That sounds like to me like some some people, some members, some stalwarts of that band were probably real fucking assholes. It sounds like that's it, what yeah. it smacks up to me. Well, it, to me, uh, it sounds like a bunch of quarterbacks in the same band. Go yep. on. Oh right, okay. Well, every you know like you know having worked with bands a little bit like typically there's like one person in the band who kind of grabs hold of the reins whether or not it's the singer or the guitarist or whatever there's one guy that like or woman tambourine player that yes it's always the tambourine player. that kind of like leads the decision making in the band and it just sounds to me like there were a bunch of them vying for supremacy and it you know, didn't I, do them any favors I, yeah it didn't I was going to say ironically it, that probably is what held them down and kept them from reaching the precipice of success that they were attempting to reach. You know, said... Yeah. You know, whatever. And also, there's a song in on this, and I, we're not going to play it, but um, that's talking about, like, uh, we don't need money, like money's not important or whatever. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Jimmy Page went on to, like, have his own personal 747 um, with Led Zeppelin. Not his own personal, but for the band. Uh, yeah. Led Zeppelin. Um, Led Zeppelin. You, you can say the, that shit all day long, but if you're taking the money, like, d- come on, man, who are you kidding? Well, that kind of that kind of fits in with you know a lot of those, uh, you know that that soon to be real hippie era, like very famous millionaires, like writing well, no, about the, yeah, living the in Europe. Like, like bled into like the like between the hippie era and like the heavy metal era. There was like what we now well, no, kind of think of as like classic rock, but it was like, yeah, yeah, that's spend, the era spend all the money, make all the money, fuck all the groupies. But I'm saying even that the, even even the even the hippies were like making all the money, spending all the money, and fucking all the groupies, just fucking writing songs about how they how de- they weren't they doing deplored that, that <laughs> yeah. and they wanted to make our world a better world and the sun, sunshine and, <laughs> and peppermint daisies or, and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This this kind of like. These guys were sort of like, in a way, though, kind of like men without countries. If you think they're like just on the, they just missed the boat, just missed the boat, and then probably got yeah, like there was probably some real fucking asshole like, internal strife. Well, and the, there's obviously internal strife, my friend. The other thing that we haven't really talked about to a great detail, other than other than the three headed whatever the three headed guitar. Situation. Somebody ought to build a toy, like a children's toy, it's like a, the body of like Godzilla, but at the heads of like Eric Clapton, 
Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck from the 60s. You were a creative motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, is that like a Hydra? Saying, like, huh? Is that like a Hydra? Like a half Hydra or whatever. Like, I don't remember. How I don't know anyway, what the market for that here's, would be. Here's, but yeah, here's talk. where I was going with this point. The, uh, the thin lead vocals. The fact that the lead vocals are like, don't, like, I mean, they're, you know, you certainly recognize that, that I guess, Keith Reefs, or as I like to call him, Keith Reef. I was actually going to uh, ch- challenge anybody. Can you name the vocalist? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would have been a no. Yeah. Anyway, um, he sang lead on everything except for the Nas Are Blue. But uh, that song sucks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that standout check. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the, the, yeah, the point is, is like, I've, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it uh, inferred that part of the reason this band didn't go to greater heights was because of the lead vocal situation. And I, you know, there's certainly, I think, some truth to that, but I also think that, like, the rest of it just seems like there's a lot of personality chaos going on here. I don't, I just don't think the songs really set themselves, they're great album songs, not, there's not one of those, oh yeah, that's the fucking, like, crazy make you a famous superstar single on that. Yeah, there's and no, apparently there's this no is, Beyonce. On this is their best album, so you know, I'm hard to say. I mean, according to Rolling Stone, it is. Uh, it's number three hundred fifty well, out of five hundred. Yeah, oh well, that's yeah. Damn it with pink phrase. But you know what? Like, it's because of the blues, boring shit. I on don't here. know. I don't see that with the vocals personally, but they're not they're not particularly interesting or memorable. But you know, there that was that was sort of par for the course of this. You know it. This, there were a lot of bands that sang like that in the British Invasion, and it's kind of analogous to like the end of the '90s pop punk Blink One Eighty Two, like nasally. Like, Dude, this is way fucking better than all that like Good Charlotte. Did you Blink even Blink. just hear a fucking word I said, Ryan? I was talking about how they, there was a type of singing at the time that that wasn't anything. I wasn't com- re- com- equating them in any way. I was just saying there were a lot of bands that had that similar sort you of. You said analogous to. I was. You didn't even let me continue what I was okay, saying. Go on. I'm saying that there was, a, there was a style of singing at that time. It was sort of analogous to there was a style of singing at another time where all these bands sounded exactly alike. It, like the oh, thin vocals wouldn't have stood out, basically, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying they sound anything alike. I'm just saying the eras are analogous to each other actually, in that actually, there were a lot of bands. Maybe I'll make up for my being a little bit of a dickhead there. Um, so... Kevin and I took our mother out for Mother's Day uh, the other day, and I asked Kevin. And on the she way, loves the Yardbirds. Just can't uh, quit talking yeah, about. She it. could not stop talking <laughs> like, about yeah. the Yardbirds. Really? Uh, no. She's, oh, okay. She knows how to pronounce her But got... on the way there, I was like, Kevin, um, you know, how, how are you liking your new you know, Yardbirds record for the show? And he was like, <sighs> like he just sounded exasperated, uh, and. He was like, it's just a re- like the, what I got off him was like, it's just kind of a relic of its era. Uh, I yeah, I've made my position pretty uh, well known, but uh, but yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your point. Ryan. Well, my my point was like, you know, there is a way of you know, kind of looking at it of like a time stamp on it um, from being 1966 from England. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, like half the record is amazing. Well, and. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let me just add a really quick nugget. So the, so I, I, I guess what my response to that is like, okay, I I see how you could land there. My my challenge with this with this album remains that um, that there are some songs that are that probably fit in this very same bucket or 
albums that fit in this very same bucket of like things that are kind of that really sound dated as to me as 60s tracks but that but that i can see that they would be inspiring as hell to, to people in that era and you can look you can look further down the timeline and see things that came from that and go like okay this is a genesis point and that's really interesting about it and certainly some of that is true but it's just like i still don't love it you know when i think about it now i really do see a direct delineation between this band and genesis Especially the real prog shit that they were doing. Well, you 70s. say that, oh. but the, the dude that uh, I can't even remember his name, but the vocalist. Why are you Why are you gesturing at me? Because it was a joke. Dude. No, I know it's a joke, but you say it as a joke. The dude who uh, is the singer, he left to like uh, after this band broke up. He formed a prog rock band. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's like the Twilight Zone twist. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know. I think that all of us. I think. It's sort of like one, two, three, as far as our appreciation of the record. Like, you like it the most, you like it the least. I'm somewhere right in the middle. Um, I think that this would be a great clean in my house on a Saturday album in the middle of the afternoon record to put on personally. But if, if even I could even overlook the blues songs if it's background music. I think it'd be a great, like, burning down my house. Don't ever want to live in there anymore because <laughs> I heard this record and it was. Mark, what do you think? <laughs> Mark doesn't like I, it. I struggled through this album. A lot. Uh, I listened to the so so they released it both in the UK and in the US. They released two versions. One was in was one mono, one, one stereo. Mono, one in stereo. I first listened to the mono version, and just I struggled with it. I I could I could handle the stereo version a little bit more because there was a little bit more dynamic to it. But yeah, it it just didn't. You guys are all a bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I say. <laughs> do you want to hear one more of these songs? Yes, and it's actually appropriately titled. It's called Farewell. <laughs> okay, uh, I, but Mark, you did like that song. That one's pretty. That's yeah, pretty I'm good. Yeah, uh, there there are nuggets on here that I that I appreciate. Uh, let's let's put it that way. But yeah, I mean, taken as a whole, this album was well. No, taken as a, as a whole, it's, for me. it's inconsistent. Uh, however, let's get into Farewell. For I think we can all agree that is a good song. Looking at the world around for the very first time Never seen it all before, hope it's not all mine On Monday morning all along I walk within my house of stone I ventured forth into the day these things I saw upon my way Trees and flowers were wrapped around with people's cast-offs on the ground. Roads all noise of glass and steel and people snared within the wheel. Tuesday looked into the sky where birds in peace were left to fly. Thunder rolled and lightning flashed across the world as people dashed. Friday sadness... I am almost positive that um, one of the... Um, bonus scenes that was cut from Rushmore um, on the DVD that was the song in it. Or maybe it was Royal Tenenbaums. I forget. But um, I'm trying to see where you're going with this Wes Anderson. <laughs> it sounds like it, needed, it, totally it, sounds sound like like it needs to be in a Wes Anderson it totally circa does. early 2000s movie. <laughs> does it not? Yeah, Am it I... does. Yeah, With just some oblique dialogue over the top of it. But sure. Bill Murray needs to be speaking. I'll in give you monotone. that. It's a little trifle of a song. No, it's a good dude. Those soundtracks it's like are a great. Nursery rhyme. What? What is? No, no, no. What? But what, how? How does that? 
take the song from a good song to a bad song by saying it belongs in a Wes Anderson movie. Those soundtracks rule, dude. I'm with you on that. It just definitely sounds like it could be. In... Well, didn't didn't we land on that uh, with uh, Vampire Weekend that they sound like a band that was made up by Wes Anderson? Yes, yeah. that is that is true too. <laughs> Down to their font. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say, um, I mentioned this while we were listening to it. Like that's a that's a good pretty song, but even that still sounds that piano line sounds like I don't know the name of the song, but that uh, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, like she comes in colors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a rainbow. Is the name of the yeah. Song. Okay, thank you. And it, yeah. and it, and it does a little bit sound like the Who. Also, um, it doesn't mean it's not bad. I mean, there are a lot of you there are a lot of not good. I mean, like, yeah. doesn't mean it's not good. Is what yeah. I mean. It, there are a lot of bands that rip off the Smiths that are still great in their own right. You know, it doesn't just because you sound like somebody else. But I don't think they rise to the occasion. And that was the requisite requisite uh, Smiths reference. Uh, like Kevin gets annoyed that we bring up the Smiths <laughs> every week, <laughs> every show. It's like it's like even when he's not here, uh, Matt's here. So <laughs> anyway. And we love Matt, but still, uh, uh, yeah. I, I just always gotta gotta plug it in there at least once. Yeah. Well, anyway. yeah, it is. You know, dude, I net out at about a seven out of ten on this record. Like, I I dig a lot of it a ton. And I uh, think some of it is pretty good, but you know, not that good in the overall scheme of things. But you know, I I just it it. I think it's kind of reflected in the fact that the only thing you really one really ever knows about this band is is the their, people who their, came the from people it. that came from it. Yeah. Oh, do you, you know what? I I mentioned this before, but I wanted to say it again just because every time I hear his name, it always makes me think of that time that Jeff Beck asked Stevie Wonder to write him a song, and then Stevie Wonder wrote "Superstitious" for him, and, and just took it back. Said, "No, no, you." Can't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I said it. I think pretty sure I said it in the Stevie Wonder show. Yeah, so have. Jeff Beck fucking hates Stevie Wonder. Ends up being like a, it's a number fucking one. great song. It's a fucking great song and huge hit for Stevie Wonder. Yeah, well, and Stevie Ray Vaughan did a cover of it that was pretty good too. That is not true. as good as the original, but, but it was good. Yeah, that's true. Steve, Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know, we make a lot of fun in this town of Stevie Ray Vaughan, but in the last like ten, fifteen years, he's kind of faded from ubiquity. And you go back and listen to it, and you're like, I, you know. I don't really like the blues, but that's all right. Life by the Drop, that is a fucking amazing performance. He didn't write it, but it's an amazing performance. He wrote it. It's not, you know. All right. All right. So Uh, who's got, uh, so is it going to be Kevin? Kevin's got it today. Kevin, what you got? I have a new song for us, fellas. Uh, We're going to listen to a track by a band called Big Thief uh, called Mythological Beauty. All right. Let's listen. Oh, 
That's Mythological Beauty off the Big Thief debut record, Masterpiece. Um, as, and we can go through the contents of the video, which is... I haven't got a clue what was going on there. Yeah, well, and it's like, you know, I mean, it's... it's there is it a is, narrative of some sort. It, I just don't think I grasp well, it. Well, and it's also fuzzy and a little bit abstract. But, I mean, essentially, like, lyrically... Like Hillary the, Swank is like running around. Like it's not Hillary <laughs> Swank, obviously, but I, I literally don't know the gender of that person. Yeah, uh, and ends up carrying the other person through snow. I'm pretty sure that that's guitarist, vocalist Adrian Linker. Um, this this is a band from Brooklyn. Um, this is the first uh, release off their new record. And and uh, anyway, like a lot lyrically, like a lot of the content is just talking about sort of trauma and and getting over things getting through things like one of the lyrics that she sings here is um you held me in the back seat with a dish rag soaking up blood with your eye i was just five and you were 27 praying don't let my baby die it's shit like that like, it's a little heavy, heavy. Shit. yeah it's a little well, heavy and that like it actually uh but the what, but musically it's gentle well no so what i was it, thinking is, is it's kind of like a a, a lesser elliot smith song sung by a woman like That's it's a pretty good song and there's a little I thought it was great. It, it sort of hits all my. Well, all I mean, my stuff. like lesser Elliot Smith means still great, um, but like, yeah, good song and kind of in the Elliot Smith vein, um, but sung by a woman. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of talk of trauma and and the vague narrative that Ryan's referring to in the video, and certainly go check that out if you get a chance. Is, is uh, you know, she is uh, carrying a male counterpart through the snow until they find what appears to either be the end or help and um maybe it's help but it also is a little medieval and so i don't know this could be um you know i don't watch uh uh what's that hbo show game of thrones silicon valley yeah game of thrones <laughs> I was thinking game of thrones and downton abbey yes um, yeah yeah there's a little bit of both. it is beautifully shot like for whatever it looks but, really good shane has yeah. a game of thrones t-shirt oh uh, that's right yeah. Well, no, not yeah. is that tonight? No. Uh, oh no, no. You just that was bartended for a Game of Thrones party at South. Yeah, Bar-Rex. I know, man. And that was my workout shirt, and I lost it. Which that is a bummer. Yeah, uh, I lost. Kinda. I lost my 1989 Steel Wheels uh, Rolling Stones shirt. Um, How in, did we get in the river? Here? In the river? I may fucking in New from you. How did we get here? So t-shirt, so, t-shirts. Yeah. yeah so, the, but like the big tongue that uh, Andy Warhol designed. I lost it in the river uh, while tubing. So. All right. Well, personal tragedy, speaking of which. A uh, little bit. A tiny, yeah. tiny tragedy. Yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of this track. I'm going to circle back here. A lot, a lot of this oh, track. about music? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's, we, can, we can do a podcast on your old shirt collection another time. But I have but another <laughs> story about another one, but I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> I wish you would just to annoy everybody else. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, but just it's a it's a song about reflection of uh, trauma, and the vid- video is 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 really beautifully shot and uh, uh, covers some similar ground. <laughs> but yeah, but in, in terms of like, and I can also see like Shane's Shane's uh, hit me in the leg while the while the song's playing. He's like, I just heard this for the first time yesterday, and it is like it. it I can see how it stick with you. Yeah, it hits a lot of my a lot of my buttons. pleasure points. Yeah. There's a little bit of, a little bit of early '90s like, um, slowcore stuff, and there's just yeah, it's all over the place. It is in a good way. It is it is, 
uh, lyrically it's dark, but but the music is not. Well, I wouldn't call it buoyant. It's yeah, like it's a little. It is like uh, hit some of those those indie corners. Uh, anyway, yeah. So there you go, big thief, mofos. Who's got next week? I've got next week. Kevin has next week. So. Uh, to wash off the <laughs> yard birds, as it were, um, it occurred to me that like I don't have to wash shit off. I know, I know. You've made your point, and I have too. I'm just, I'm just getting one last dig in while we're still talking about it. Um, anyway, it occurs to me that like I've been, I've made a concerted effort for a while just to cover things that were reasonably new, and I still think like that's a. I'll probably go back to that tack sooner than later, but. Um, I got to thinking about like I was like what's a what's a um, a dated record or or classic record that that I don't know very well that would be a lot of fun to talk about and um, I I can't believe I haven't brought this up before but uh, next week we're gonna do um, Thin Lizzy Jailbreak Oh that should be fun Yeah, yeah. that will be I was just thinking we haven't done enough. Classic, even though I can't stand classic rock, but that is one of the few classic rock bands. I, well, I shouldn't say that. Like, I only know two of their songs. Is that you know more song? than two? No. Maybe not a lot more than two. Yeah, but you know you, more than you two. You know more than two. Um, but Irish band fronted by a black guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't anyway. like the boys are back in town and the boys are back in town. Jailbreak and there's a cowboy song. There's that. So and what's the one that uh, Metallica <laughs> covered? Well, we're just gonna do the um, whole thing now. Anyway. We'll get there, um, but they had a lot of hits. Yeah. Anyway, and the stories, you know, the story of that band are crazy. And then I just have a weird, I have weird stories that surround this record that just occurred to me. That I was like, oh, this will be fun to talk about. So yeah, that's what we're gonna do next week. Sounds good to me. All right. In the meantime, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. And I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it. OneOfUs.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to OneOfUs.net and don't forget your towel. <laughs>